not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Karen, horror death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no sides. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, everybody. Ben Gleave here, the host of this podcast. I mean, if you don't know at least that much, it seems like you're here by some kind of grave mistake. You should turn this off and put on lemonade. Put on that... I'll sing lemonade for you if that's what it takes. Hold up. They don't love you like I love you. I don't know even can remember even remember the tune right now, so the real lemonade's better. This is my own recipe for lemonade, and I'll be the 80th person slash comedian to make a blank recipe for lemonade joke this week. Uh sub brain trust. Um Ben Morrison, I'm back from Edmonton, and I'm only here for three nights, and one of my best friends, Ben Morrison, uh, I missed him. and uh, He did miss me. He just confirmed it. So you know that it's true. And <laughs> um, when you ask the source. And I said, come on over. He's like, I'm working on my career. And I'm like, come over, please. He's like, okay. That's how we got to here. We, you and I didn't plan on recording a podcast right now. But we started talking about politics. So we care about politics because... It's fucking important, and it was just insightful, and it was com- it was it was packaging the everything happening in the election right now, in a way that I thought was ver- valuable for you guys to hear and to think about. So I said, "Let's record the podcast," and he said, "Cool." And you really caught up to this current moment at this at this current moment. Way to lead him in, man. You think what? Do you, it sounds sarcastic when you said that. You mean it? Yeah. Or do you think it was what? Aggressive or flippant or what? What was behind that? Why you said that? I think you're overthinking your intro. Let's uh, let's hop right on to what we were talking sure. about. Is the idea that the Republicans? You know what's so funny is like, I saw Captain America: Civil War. I saw it too. I thought it was a phenomenal movie. It was really good, actually. I don't like superhero movies like that a lot. They let me down a lot. But this was really good. Did you Did you see Winter Soldier? No. You really need to see Winter Soldier. Because Winter Soldier... Uh, is equally as good. Same filmmakers. But is a pivot point for the Marvel Cinematic Universe where they really begin to get uh, kind of political in oh, cool. the, the, uh, the goings-on of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA, which have... Faded a little into the background now in the MCU as as the nerds, meaning me, call Marvel it Marvel comic universe. Yeah, Winter Soldier. It, 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 it's even it, it's really more specifically about government overreach, etc. I think you'd find it very interesting. It's the same uh, writer director as the Russo brothers. I'm not sure if they wrote it, but the same directors who are. I enjoy winter sweaters. Continue. Uh, I think you'd really you'd really like it. Cool. No, I really liked it. I thought Paul Rudd was very funny. Out comedied Robert Downey Jr. Even. Yeah, Paul Rudd just kills it. He's so funny. When when Danny Jr. is walking, now. Danny Jr. is walking by all the heroes in, in the in the in the cages, and he goes, "Who are you?" And you just hear Paul Rudd go, "Oh, come on, man." <laughs> He's so <laughs> he just, good. He seems like the most likable guy, and funny. Yeah. Ant-Man um, is, is great. Wet Hot American Summer got picked up for another season. Now it's going to be t- 20 years after the summer camp. Oh, really? So great. Interesting. Netflix is doing some good shit. So... So Showtime, June 3rd, Neurotic Gangster, my special premieres. One hour special, my first ever on Showtime. You know who are uh, you know who's Neurotic and are gangsters? Who? Politicians. Let's get down to it. Sure. So, I mean, 
maybe we pull it back slightly to what you just said about the Panama Papers. Basically, Ben started by saying it's going to be very interesting to see when Trump really is against just one person now, and that seems like it'll be Hillary, even though you seem to think there's still some chance Bernie makes well, it happen. Well, I, I, I it's not that I seem to think that there's some chance for Bernie. I think Bernie's holding on because he thinks there's some chance for Bernie. But I think... I think it's wise to I think it's wise in his sense because he's really making a pretty huge statement about one very specific thing. I mean, we haven't really heard much policy from Bernie on anything other than the 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 class differential that's going on right now. And that's really what he's all about. And I think the longer he can focus on that, the better for that issue. Um just I, I I'm like horrified by this campaign. I can I think we can agree this is definitely the most surreal campaign that we've seen in, I mean, ever really. It is. Uh, but I'm also like, you know, politics is like sports for people who aren't good at catching shit. Um, and it's almost loyal followings. They're they're good at catching loyal followings. How does that relate to politics? The politicians, they catch loyal followings. Oh, right. To get into office. I meant the sports thing because I'm bad at sports. And I don't really... No, like, I know. You said politics of people for... Sports for people who are bad at catching things. And I said, oh, I think accept. More as like a, an outside consumer of... Like, Let's I'm not really the podcast to a halt and discuss this one misheard analogy and mis, mis ways. We both misinterpreted each other. America understands. The election, once it's down to Trump and Hillary, right. I'm literally looking at it like... I, I can see like the, like the posters for like a Rocky movie. I mean, it's going to be such a bloody battle once it starts well because blood's coming out of wherever wherever what clinton is doing have you seen her new ads what she's doing is very interesting Whoa. she's she's using all of trump's I words got butt implants against him or new ass you said right excuse me or new ads i'm sorry yeah using trump's words against him that's a smart way to do it her that's new way would do it her new ads are they're essentially saying what trump's like i love women and then she'll string together, like, you know, four or five quotes, some old and some very new, where he's just saying, like, very piggish things. I think to a certain degree, you just wind up talking about stuff like that if you're in entertainment. I mean, how many podcasts have you done that you just forget what you've said because you just do so many of them? Yeah, I'd like to think I have not said misogynistic things that aren't obviously jokes. But I guess I hear your point, but okay. Um I'm not saying that to excuse Trump. I'm just saying there's a huge record of things he said on camera, and he is a very insensitive person. So she clearly has a team combing through everything he's ever said on camera or on the radio and pulling quotes from all that. It's an interesting strategy. I hope it doesn't backfire on her in the sense that Trump has been able to whip up his base by being, I'm the guy that does everything that just you're thinking, and I, I have no filter. And even seeing these horrible things that he said might further convince the people who have been kind of brainwashed by him that that's just more him having no filter kind of thing, which is ridiculous. I mean, did you see the, uh, did you see John Oliver on Sunday? No, I have it on table. I wanted to watch it tonight. It's, uh, I believe the, the new president of, um, uh, forgive me listeners for forgetting. It's not Panama, but it's a country similar to that. Ecuador, maybe who I think, and it might not be Ecuador, it's just a country similar to that. I, I'm very, I'm a very diverse person, by the way. I'm not usually this. Anyway, the guy who just got elected is one of these say-whatever-he-wants politicians. And there's a quote where uh, a tourist was raped in his country. And the quote was, he's only sad that he wasn't, didn't get there first because she was so pretty. Oh, my God. And then, this is on John Oliver on this past Sunday. You should really watch the clip. And then, they at, and then there's, another, there's him in another interview where they say, was that a joke? And he goes... No, no, that was no joke. She was very pretty. I would have liked to be there first. And this oh fucker God. just got elected president, you know? And it's, he, he doubled down on it. He, well, I think he's realizing, like, peop, people whose lives are not going well are pissed off. And they're pissed off at the people that they perceive to be the arbiters of their not doing well. And that is politicians. In this case, you know, Washington. So... It's the point, it's like, it's like an, an ex-girlfriend who fucks your life up for so long, you know, if she comes back and says, like, I've thought through some things, and, you know, I really feel like we can negotiate the version of the relationship we want, you're just like, fuck off, no, like, we tried this for a long goddamn time, I met this new guy, 
he's got orange hair and a lot of money. I'm going to hop in his fucking Ferrari and just go with him. Like, that's... <laughs> I guarantee he, like, rides in a Ferrari during his inaugural motorcade. Some shit. I've got a Ferrari. The top is down, okay? we got beautiful women. You know what's the funny? backseat. If Trump wins, it'll be the first first lady with fake tits. Yeah. I mean, that's the least of our problems at that point. That's just indicative, that, I That'll be like one of the only pluses <laughs> <laughs> of a Trump presidency. I mean, she'd be the first first lady I would want to have sex with. That's, that's true. I mean, Michelle Obama, at times. Yeah, at times. I mean, now, I just got through saying I don't think misogynistic things on, on record. <laughs> and now I just voluntarily yeah. I'm saying I'm ranking first ladies on a fuckability so honestly like let's imagine that you know 20 years from now you get into politics and your opponent of course goes to lastweekonearth.com or iTunes or Stitcher anyway there's been a number of ways you there's can there's a lot of ways you can get the podcast you can get the podcast subscribe rate and review but the point is that's on record and it will be forever. Like your opponent would just go through everything you've ever said and they could take that pull quote and put it in and out against you. And I'd like to think, and I thought this as I said it and right before I said it and as I was saying it, my, my, my other track of thought, thought if I ever run for office in the future, this is something I wish I was not saying right now, but I believe I can defend it because I'm a man who's straight and you're allowed to talk about women that you'd have sex with. And women are allowed to, it's not misogynistic because women are allowed to do the same thing about men they want to have sex with. As long as it's equal, it's cool. I didn't mean respect, disrespectfully, I meant hypothetically. And that's how we defend it in a debate. Okay, I guess we'll find out in 20 years when you go into politics. Or in five years. <laughs> I'm already three, almost three years older than you need to be president. If you did go into politics, like, your stump speech would have to end with your idiot test begins now. No, I would end every speech like I do on the show with my piece of advice to the world. Until next time, don't be an idiot. I like that. That's, that's what I send people off. That could be your whole policy platform. It that might is take my off. policy platform. It might take off in the same way that fucking Trump. Don't be Trump. an idiot. Of course, yeah. Make America great again. It's don't be an idiot. <laughs> that's always been my philosophy. That's why the show is such a perfect fit for me. That's much. Don't be an idiot. It's a lot more tangible than... Make America great again. Which probably makes it less practical for some reason because we just for some reason love the unattainable and the impractical. Tangible is a very tasty sounding word, by the way. You know what I mean? It sounds like a tangerine, sounds like tangelo, it sounds like tangy, it sounds like toffee, laffy toffee, laffy toffee. What's laffy toffee? Is that a thing? Laffy taffy. Right. But I feel like laffy toffee should be something... Um, okay, so let's quick. We'll we'll get back to Paul, to the specifics of Trump in a moment. But you then said that what really came out of the Panama Papers oh, was well, that the amount of the money amount of that's being, being hidden, the amount of fucking money that's being ferreted away in these secret like it's like it's like in the Hobbit, like the amount of gold that Smaug was guarding. That's what's hidden in, in them, our mountains. Like, there's that much money being hidden in the mountains. By the uber wealthy of the By planet. By the uber wealthy, yeah. The whole planet. Who have largely gotten away with that by continuing to fight regulation so that they're able... Like you said, if you could play, playing poker, get yeah. away with... I mean, what's happened in the, in the last... anti one of every five times. They start realizing they can get away with that. They just started making the regulations and the rules so that... They can do that every time. And then you also said that that's the great um, travesty, and I've agreed and said it before many times, of the whole Trump situation is that for some reason Republican candidates keep, and Trump especially as well, keep convincing somehow the populace that, like the working man, that they are them, that they represent them, and they're actually the ones that are fucking them. They're yes. the ones that are passing and promoting every policy that only promotes the laws being in favor of big business and in favor of the banks and of Wall Street and of politicians and well, they're, they're, of no big government contracts and government contractors and of the super rich and literally fight hard against the things that the working class truly needs, which is jobs coming back to America, better pay, minimum wage to be higher. And obviously Trump talks about jobs coming back. 
but he's the one who. But that's that that that's, is that's, making his ties and his that's shit exactly in China. That's part of this. The, but he says he's just playing by the rules because the rules are fucked up. We need to change the rules. Ugh. So I mean, I know I don't hate that argument. You, everybody plays by the rules. I might want us to pass tax reform as well. I'm, I'm not going to tell my accountant pay a little extra this year, just because it would be great. Like, I mean, that's like make America great again. I might start trying. So should you. It's just. The great deception of the Republican Party is that they're able to convince the blue-collar working class that they are fighting for them. They, the Republicans are the party that's willing to like take a Sith Lord approach to uh, the general populace. They, they tell people to use their anger. <laughs> use your anger. Feel it coursing through you. Your power will grow as you tap into your anger. It's like Bane trying to inspire Gotham. What do I want to do? I will make the populace. You just did Obama Bane. Obama. What I will do? <laughs> I'm going to make sure the populace Obama Bane out. What are we going to do? Batman. But how do they do it? How do they convince working people that they support them when they don't? They, they whip up because their fervor. That's the thing. They whip it's, up their fear. Right? You said that Republicans are not afraid of, of playing into people's fear. And the, most of the populace, that's why I do this podcast, is to try to inform the populace about what's really going on in and what it all means, really. See, but when, when people are angry... But they typically, they're the ones that are willing to manipulate and shape that anger, and, and Democrats don't. Why? Uh, because Democrats, I don't want to say are pussies. No, yeah, they kind of are pussies. I mean, it's not that they're pussies. They're afraid to use tactics that they think are uncouth because it matches their like good guy persona. But I've said it for years, I've said it on this podcast, it's, it's morally bankrupt, I think, to not fight to the death for the good side and even if you have to use some, like, not manipulative, but use some, like, clever PR-based, marketing-based techniques to get your message across, you do that. You well, don't, I mean, I think... You don't Demo- disarm yourself when you're battling against somebody Democrats, that's trying to worsen things. The Democrats also realize that the, the cycle the Republicans go through is like a kid having a tantrum... Like, they whip themselves up into a frenzy, they burn themselves out, and then, you know, look at the, the you know, we've had, we had Clinton for eight years, great economic growth. Yeah, we grew. There wasn't the only thing that Great grew. economic growth. Then my penis as well. The Go Bush. ahead, I'm just saying. So I'll make sure you remember my penis, okay, so we had economic growth under me, and Monica under me as well. Oh, okay. he went there. Of course he did. And then, so I'm glad I don't make a Monica joke, but it just in the moment it seemed like it seemed unavoidable. Okay. Exactly. And then Bush. And I think we all know how that turned out. Then Obama. How did it turn out? Not I slept in. Not well. Oh really? Not well. What do you think is the worst long term effect of the Bush administration? We'll get back in a moment to the Panama Papers. Oh, the, and people's I can interests. Answer that. I can and back answer to that. Hillary and, and I can Trump answer that. To, back to Hillary and Trump to bring it up. I can answer that in three words. The Iraq war. That was no, this. no. But that's obviously that was that was the policy blunder. I'm asking you, in long term effect, I was having this discussion the other day. I think maybe even on this podcast last week with Stephanie, um, Stephanie Sambari, um, his plan, the off, the rarely reported plan that really the and they did exactly that. So they did sneaky, manipulative marketing techniques in selling the Iraq War, and that's the most egregious blatant thing that they did because they lied to the American people knowing that there weren't weapons of mass destruction or at least not eminent weapons of mass destruction like they led us to believe. But they did it um, to promote what Cheney and Bush saw as the freedom agenda. And the freedom agenda, their theory, it wasn't some evil, it's not as never as black and white as it's presented. Their freedom agenda plan was we think it's enough of, of these dictatorships in the Middle East 
repressing and or killing their people and we need to stop that we're going to impose democracy in the middle east is the shiny sounding reason they gave for all of it but it was always about fucking money it was always about money now that i don't agree what money did they get from it other than some contracts for halliburton some some some. no but what money did they get for it? that couldn't have been their agenda i mean maybe you're right because we're talking last week on the podcast too about the whole time with the saudis to actually conspiring to plan 9-11 is seeming insane to me, but... It was about the money. It was about permanently installing the military-industrial complex that Eisenhower warned us about because the amount of money that goes into defense, I mean, it's like a fifth of all the money that goes into anything in the country. It, It perhaps might even be larger than that, maybe by a lot. I mean, the amount of money that goes... The rest of it goes into Starbucks. The amount of money that goes into maintaining permanent outposts. Anyone who's played World of Warcraft knows that once you start building fucking cities and vast and faraway lands, unless it's going to get plundered into oblivion, you need to continue pouring money and resources into that. And all of the interests going into the maintenance of those outposts are owned by people connected to, especially the neo, the neocons, the hawks. Remember them? Remember Rumsfeld, Cheney? The, the march to war, you know, and I think it was something of a vendetta for Bush. Getting back at Saddam trying to kill George well, H.W. Bush. The brilliance, the evil brilliance of Cheney is that I think he was able to use that as a manipulation tactic. On to, W. On W, yeah. He's, he tried to kill your father. He's right. We got to get him. Yeah, no, he, literally, yeah. We got to take him out. But Cheney the entire time. I agree with Dick. Cheney the entire time knowing that the amount of money that Halliburton would get from destabilizing the Middle East. He sounds like the Penguin from a Batman villain from the original series. Yeah, Batman. Your your version. Anyway, (laughs) the thing is, once you go in there and you yank that string and the sweater begins to unravel, it's going to stay unraveled, which also then means continued economic prosperity for all the companies that need to just maintain those outposts in a continually destabilized region. Alexa, play Sweater by Weezer. I can't find the song Sweater in your music library. God darn it, Alexa! Alexa, play a sample of Sweater by Weezer. Why does it work when Alec Baldwin does it? Alexa, play Sweater by Weezer. She's just such a I can't find the song Sweater in your oh, music yeah. library or in Prime Music. Alexa, play anything by Weezer. Are you playing sweater because I said the word sweater? You said unraveling the sweater. Yeah, but... That would be a great background soundtrack while you finish your point, but it's really taking longer than I expected. That's um, the problem. Go ahead. Sorry. So you think it's all about just maintaining money for these companies. Okay, fine. But so here's interesting. Okay, here's what's interesting. But regardless of that, it is still an open question to some degree. Even though they did this war for not the right reasons, is it you think have did it have anything to do the Middle East seeing a democracy take hold in Iraq because they never thought would happen? Could that have been any part of what led to the Arab Spring, which led to what led to these other countries trying to do it themselves? And has led to the ouster of a lot of these fucked up leaders. Has it though, dude? Has it? They've been ousted. Gaddafi, Gaddafi, Mubarak. You know who's running Egypt right Assad's now? Assad's not really running Syria anymore. Egypt's being run by the military. Dude, they'll pull someone out. They'll be like the shiny, like, new version for, I don't know, a couple years anyway, until shit just goes south and the old people. It's not yeah, our it's, world. But it's new. Okay, it's not our place to do. But I'm just saying, do you think maybe it, it do you think it had a, could have had anything to do with starting that, though? Where do you think the 1% is getting this vast amount of wealth? It's from, it's literally them sticking a pipeline into the water table of this country and installing their own wells to suck it out whenever they want. And meanwhile... I'll drink your milkshake, drink it up! The, during the drought on the land, then when people are, like, begin to like die of thirst, they're able to say, oh, the reason you're thirsty is because fucking Social Security is because of, right. because of minorities. That one program that's making sure you don't die horribly. You know why your peas That's are, the problem. You know why your corn isn't growing? Black people. Not the fact that we took the water <laughs> and we're, we're hiding it. In huge, vast underground water <laughs> tanks for ourselves. In fact, we swim in your water daily, like Scrooge McDuck. 
And then when we get when we shower ourselves off and piss in the tank, we have just enough time to come upstairs and hit a mic and tell you that the reason that you have no water is because minorities took it from you. I'm sorry I'm in a towel at this podium. I just got to get back to swimming in your water. I want to let you guys know it's the minorities that are uh, keeping you down and also that program that makes sure you have a hospital to go to when you're sick. I got to go. Bye-bye. I think... Win one more for the Gipper. That truth is what Bernie's entire campaign has been about, and I think it's, it's long overdue that someone shines that light on it. I think the difference between Republican and Democrats is a Democrat, while also being corrupt in the same way that they're sticking pipes into the underground, are then also, though, willing to take significantly more money from the water table and re- redistribute it to the poor who are also starving more so than let's just say the white, uh, blue collar, low, lower to middle class. Republicans just want to cut all that shit off as a policy platform while still continuing to siphon behind closed doors. So why is it so hard for the Democrats to make this point more clear? Even Bernie, who's the best at making the point that I've seen, is not that great at it. He doesn't make... He has the same few talking points over and over again. He's not making enough rational points. Don't you understand? Even Trump is exactly what you're voting against. uh, Because Bernie's pretty fucking old. Let's not forget that he'd he'd pay 33% less than us at Denny's. Uh, he'd be just as embarrassed ordering a Rudy Tooty fresh and fruity breakfast. But he's kind of a single issue guy, kind of the same way Nader was. Um, and that's good. I hope the Hillary campaign, in attempting to hold on to Bernie's supporters, will adopt some of his par- party I, platforms. I hope she points him as his vice pre- as her vice president. That would be a fucking coup. Be that amazing. would be phenomenal. I I hope she's willing to do that. Be incredible. If she's wise... Like I've said before, she, he would be the Dick Cheney to her George W. Bush. They're both angry, grumpy, old, white-haired, bald dudes mm-hmm. that just are screaming about shit, but one's trying to fix it for the better, and one's trying to get money for his own... I think that would be a brilliant move. For his move. own Scrooge McDuck pool. That would be a brilliant move. She'd have to definitely eat some crow, given what was said in the election, but that happens every... every she should offer it to him soon, then, because... But the, 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 the thing that makes me feel like that's not going to happen. She's so also she Hillary Clinton. There might be decades long. She doesn't want it. She's promises. probably closer to... Right. I mean, that's the crazy thing is in some ways, Trump Trump is more as far as institutional money change. It's, I think you're more likely to get money out of politics with Trump than with Hillary. He was the one that was organically talking about that. At the very beginning of those debates against the other 17 Republican opponents, he would say, I've, I've bought and sold all you guys. I've donated both your campaigns. I need you to do things for me. Like, he's the one. He stopped talking about it lately. But he started talking about that. Hillary's not going to take money out of politics. She is money in politics. Yeah, fine. Keep your money in politics. No, sure. Okay. I mean, that's another funny, not funny, but interesting thing. It's like, that's Bernie's big point. Always the money in politics is so bad buying these elections. But there aren't, <coughs> any, real, there aren't any real great examples in, in modern history where the money is influencing them in a bad way. Obama won twice. Do you know what I mean? So it's like... Ooh, we're going to miss Barry when he's gone. Yeah, we are going to miss. Oh, my God. We are going to miss Barry. We're going to, oh, God, I'm going to miss him every day when he's gone. I think we're going to realize that, you know, a president's approval rating goes up dramatically after they get out of office, like by 20 points. And I think once we have a little time to reflect and, you know, we can no longer say, like, America has a black president, we can really look at what he accomplished, and he'll go down as one of the greats. No Republican's ever going to think that, but I think history will, uh... We'll wish we could go Barack to the future. You're you're just on fire right now. Mm-hmm. You sure it says back to the future, and so I'm just turning it into Barack. I censored, I was going to say, wish we could go Black to the future, but I changed it to Barack to the future. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen, what, you know, because I, I would like to think that Hillary has some things up her sleeve, and she's just slowly marching to clinching. <laughs> not appropriate not appropriate but let's not forget she's at the the helm of a machine that's been building for eight years at this point her entire life has come down to this but don't you agree like the reason she's not grabbing that populist anger mantle well enough is because it's not true 
they are also a very rich com- family and a family that does never seem to care about getting the money out of politics about about yes they care more about the common man and the and the, and the everyday worker for sure than the republicans as of late have but they're not systemic changers they're more of the samers i don't know if i'm too much of a realist to to like go with the whole like burn it all down theory i mean systems have been in place for quite some time and for the most part it really does work i just want someone in the white house who isn't going to completely disavow the struggling poor in america and just say fuck you we can't give you any money right now uh Right, because I don't know that I agree with Bernie that college should be free for every single person that wants to go to college. I think healthcare should be free. I think college should be accessible. I maybe maybe but healthcare is never going to be free. Maybe Hillary Clinton's is 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 smarter of two year healthcare. Well, money could be free if you get some of that Panama Papers money back that you're saying. If 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 they're like I said, those are hidden. But you said the solution is by regulation. To crack down on that shit and make it so that they can't pay no taxes and hide shit in offshore accounts, and so we get a bigger piece of that pie back in our system. To, because, you, like you said, there's enough money there to pay for all of these social programs many times over. Right. The problem is, is that money is in the fucking un, under the mountain being guarded by a dragon. Like that money is basically staying there. So it's about changing what happens moving here on in, so that whatever wealth is generated isn't getting all hoarded away. The problem with amassing wealth is there's no end point, you know? Like, there's no point at which you say, hey, I have enough. It would be nice to think that, but that's just not the way money works. You know? And that's the whole... But part of that's also due to, like, high taxes. Like, at the same time, like, as much as I love Bernie's message, I don't... And I do want people to be able to get, in theory, college for free... Because that is the best way to get the like upper echelon jobs that can get people out of poverty and can really eventually like long term solve the problem. So for that, I do want it. But you are scared about how you pay for it because taxes are already prohibitive. They're already very hard. Like, you know, I have a TV show that's successful in its third season. And I don't have an easy time always paying my bills. I mean, lately, the last couple of years, I'm not struggling but isn't that insane? Like even at that level of like success in a field that's supposed to pay a lot of money, taxes and fees and cost of living being so high in a major city, it's like, it's still a concern in my head. Like I can't, I shouldn't buy that thing because, or go to that meal because I won't, I need the money. How much did you spend on your birthday party? All right. Once a year, I like to splurge and, give a very entertaining night to my friends and i only paid for it last year because i bought my house and i wanted to have a fun night for everyone i like the idea i always wanted to be jay gatsby um it's only year i paid for it typically i do it at a bar that's given to me for free and everybody buys their own drinks and it costs me zero dollars for a birthday party that's what it's cost every single year except when i recreated my 10th birthday party at the park where I had my tent a few years back and my mom made chicken for everybody. So it did cost us about a hundred chicken legs. And my dad, when he got off work at the luggage store where he was working for basically minimum wage in the years before, before he retired because this economy is so fucked up, came with a happy 10th birthday party, happy 10th birthday Ben cake. And we had a pinata and I had coins sitting around the park. We played duck, duck goose and, and there was no alcohol until Iris knew who I was in love with in high school, basically, and asked her out, and she said no, and it scarred me to women for many years, and was living in Dubai, and I saw that she viewed the Evite to this party and didn't think she'd, of course, come, and she showed up from Dubai and at the park at this party and invited me to drink alcohol in the car, and I said, yes, you're breaking my own rule of no alcohol at the party because you don't say no to Iris Denou, who flew in from Dubai and wants to get the drank on in the vehicle. And I was a little kid again scarred again by her rejection but the point being um what did i say right after that we recapped that earlier earlier today was how can you think it's tacky to say byob for my birthday party because i cannot afford to do it two years in a row my point is that's all possible because you live in 
America, which means you're expected to pay your auntie to be at the table. Which I definitely do. Exactly. My taxes, you mean. Right. Maybe we should stop living in America and start living in the America. <laughs> that's a great that's my, something. That's America. my campaign slogan. <laughs> Enough of America, completely, one of many. Completely. There's North America, there's South America, Latin America. I want the America. <laughs> that's like completely bullshit campaign party platforms that would work because people are angry. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like it means nothing, but everybody's like, we need to have the America again. Not to say America. It's exactly the same as make America great again. But the point is, yeah, of course. But my only point was that I am by no means a millionaire. I'm by no means even a rich person at this point in my life. I just finally am able to, through a lot of hard work and luck, own a house that you means these days you don't even own it. You're just slowly paying off a house over the course of 30 years, but could cobble together a down payment. That's what success is and the tax so rate just is, pay- is effectively with state tax and, and federal tax I'm probably paying like 35% of that and then plus commissions to managers and agents you're paying another 20% of that so think about all the people that you're helping as you stare at your pool right and just feel that balance you know oh, I'm not complaining about I'm not complaining I'm just saying that What's scary sometimes about Bernie's, and I think people's fear that they fear about Bernie saying everything else should be free and many more things should be free, is that tax rate could go crazy more up. So I'm okay paying where it is now. As my best friend said, who is wealthy, um, he's okay paying around where it is now. Yeah. Maybe he could afford to pay 2 or 3% more. But they say that in some of Bernie's plans, if all of them were implemented, tax, the tax, marginal tax rate would go way up again. And at times in our nation's history, it's been as high as 90 or 95% well, for top earners. The, I think we all agree that's fucking insane. The problem with Bernie's plan is that it also presupposes that all of those pipes siphoning off the water table are just going to get lifted at once. And there's going to be that much more available money to go to all these programs. That's just not realistic. The 1% are not going to let go of the wells that they've dug into the water table that is the available wealth in this country. They're just not. So it's more, I think it's a more realistic plan to just cut off their access to that slightly, which would then pay for an increase in social programs and everyone's getting what they want. The only, the problem though is with wealth hoarding. And then everybody wins. The only problem with wealth hoarding though is that you have to keep getting more because the second it starts slowing down or changes at all, then you feel that you go into panic mode. You know? So... Why is that a problem with wealth hoarding? What do you mean? You're saying they just feel like they need more, so they become more protective of their money and fight harder to give up more of it? Yes. Because everyone, I think, in their mind has a a sort of apocryphal idea that shit shit could end at any minute. So... like apocalyptic? Yeah, kind of. Like, let's just say there was another stock market crash. All them 1%, you know, the more, every time they pump money into their, their little, you know, their gold under the mountain, that's them saying, if, if shit goes south, I'm going to be set forever. So there's not an incentive to stop almost building that economic bunker for you themselves. Just, well, it has to be through regulation and you make sure that they can't not pay taxes. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Right. So getting back to the election itself. Right. Which I was about to do, but please do it. My hope is that Clinton can adopt some of Bernie's ideas to just cut off that spigot a little bit to the 1%. So they can hoard slightly less money. Right. So that we can make it a little easier for the working class in this country. As VP, he would be great at that. He'd be. I think he would be. I think that would be a real coup if she did that. I just Because VPs don't need to do shit. Otherwise, he can just have his one issue. Yeah. Get money out of politics to be his project. Exactly. It would be so great. Exactly. And I think with all of Bernie's supporters... Like the moonshot to end cancer, that or to find a cure for cancer that Obama gave Biden just as like, a gift during the State of the Union. Um, I don't think she's going to pick Bernie, though. She's a, Cl- she's a Clinton. There's probably... A, a deal was probably made a long time ago for who would be her running mate. So that's where it ties in 
to what I was going to bring it back to, which is we've talked about Bernie not, he's older and he's not being able to like deliver the message. He's still so effective because we're hungry for this kind of reform, but he's not coming up with like all the best ways to message this thing. And he's not explaining really what this political revolution he's calling for is. He keeps saying, we need a political revolution in this country. But that's all he says. And he says that in the, in the closing argument of the debate, and people are like, great, but what does that mean? Voting well, it's for like Bernie, giving it's... him 27 bucks? So, so people don't know what it means. I think maybe somebody needs to organize, use some of that community organizing that was so mocked in past elections. Um, maybe someone like us, maybe somebody out there listening to this needs to organize that effort to actually define Bernie's revolution like right now. Like not waiting another two weeks. Like I felt terrible because I thought of a way to give Bernie a better response to Hillary refusing to release her tack, uh, her uh, Wall, Street Wall Street speech transcripts. For, she got paid $350,000 a speech, which is fucking unbelievable. And I thought of a, a, a response he, he could say to her that would corner her much more perfectly into having to respond by releasing them or looking horrible in the process. And I sent it to two of my comedian friends who are in with the Sanders campaign and they said they loved it and they were going to pass it on to him so or to his people. So I hope that it got to him. But there's no more debates. I, I did it literally the night of the New York debate after because I was so frustrated. But it really had to happen before the New York debate. You really, you hop on deadlines like... Uh... I'm not great with deadlines. But... Think about Bernie, the thing about Bernie's policy Maybe why. somebody can define what that political revolution is because the only way to really affect that big change would be right now if a national campaign and groundswell of the populace was to say, look, we do need to get the money out of politics. We need Bernie's ideas. We need Bernie as VP. Fine, the, the path has been already kind of rigged and superdelegates were on Hillary's side from minute one, so Bernie didn't have a fair chance and did a, a miraculous job getting as far as he did and still winning contests, which is crazy. She should, we, should, we should say the will of the people should speak. Yes, Hillary should be the top of this ticket, but Bernie should be the VP of this ticket. I don't think Bernie wants to be VP, though. Yes, he would. He's, he's said that. Why? He said that because he's still running for president. Right, yeah. He would he would be VP, and it would be an, an amazing VP. I think that would be a fucking great ticket. I don't think it's going to happen, but hey. Unless we, like I'm saying, start calling Hillary out today on making that choice, make that the political revolution. That could be smart. I you mean, if we, start, if we start a Bernie for VP right. kind of whisper campaign. Right, that's what I'm saying. Bernie for VP is the hashtag. Bernie, F-O-R, VP. Or should Bernie number four VP? Bernie number four VP, shorter. Feel the veep? Feel the veep. Veep the burn? No, feel, the, need the... feel the veep is pretty good. I think just burn for VP. B-E-R-N number four VP. That's the hashtag. B-E-R-N number four VP. Um, um, or burn the VP. No, that sounds not right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like what... What you tell rioters to do. Burn the VP! Get them! Once they get the town up with torches and right. pitchforks. I was picturing torches in my mind as well. Where do they get pitchforks? All? I, I think pitchforks. probably from costume shops. <laughs> Halloween Halloween stores. <laughs> um, maybe that's what the political revolution is. It's like Bernie needs to define his revolution. The revolution should be get the money out of politics. To hold our leadership to account. Hillary's president, she has the diplomatic international experience, the political experience, and Bernie gets to work on some very important things to take care of the little guy and to fix our system. I like that idea. I think that's enough um, of food for thought, and I'd like offline to discuss, like, what would be a clever way to do that? Because like we said at the top of this thing, if you're for the good side. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Speaking of Veep, how fucking funny was it when Cruz, a week before detonating his campaign, announced Fiorina as Veep? <laughs> yeah. And had one week of her announcing him and then falling off the stage. And then he leaves his campaign by punches his chucking wife. his wife with the elbow and then punches And then her. gone. <laughs> yeah, literally one day he's like, we're going to go to the convention. It's so weird that he dropped out. He won't get the, the number of delegates he needs. Either, neither will he. We will we, so on a second ballot. We're going to win it. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So odd. Like, you really wonder if, like, Trump 
threatened him with something or you had some information on him or the RNC or previous or somebody said, look, you're 100 we're all gonna, about to start backing Trump. Uh, Cruz, Cruz was the most punchable dude yeah. I've seen in politics in such a long time. And how funny is it that Kasich, Kasich announced that he was dropping out and people were and like... He didn't even go one... People were like, he was still in. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even go one primary one-on-one against Trump. The only that primary he won was his own state. and he, he I'm surprised he stuck around longer than Rubio. That's what really surprised me. Right. Rubio, I think, actually is a very eloquent speaker. I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed oh, watching him more. No, I like him a lot, yeah. He's just too, he was too young in, in this fray. He was just too, yeah, agreed. To know how to really brawl with the big guys, but I think he has a lot of potential for the future of the Republican for sure. Party. For sure. So, like we said up top of the podcast, um, of this conversation, um, was if you're fighting for the good side... It's like a moral imperative to be a little sneaky and a little like marketing savvy and like and like make damn sure that your side is the sto- is the narrative that wins and not the other side. Because trust me, Clinton and so, is fucking sneaky. But I think what she's consciously no, doing. No, I'm saying not Clinton. I'm saying like more the Bernie Sanders populist side of the mojo to really make sure that his populism doesn't lose to Trump's populism. And it just ends up being Hillary winning its politics as usual over Trump's populism. Trump's populism, so that's populism why though, isn't, that, isn't we need even... that burn for VP hashtag and movement to go. But, go ahead. Trump's populism isn't based on policy. It's based on whipping up people who feel like they, that America no longer speaks for them. Right. The and only t- parts of it that are about policy that I like is like renegotiating trade deals to a degree about making other countries carry their own way that we shouldn't flip the, flip, flip the bill for all the things that we protect the world on and some of that makes sense but he's not an idiot do you have any people any people that you know that were our friends or acquaintances with that are Trump supporters and it's making it very hard for you to continue like you know Olivia Wilder mm-hmm. who we've known for a long time Olivia she's full blown Trump really yeah, posts well, I'd frequently. I'd love to go on her podcast and talk about that, actually. Posts frequently about... We could have her on ours as well, on mine, to talk about it. It's an interesting idea. It's just... It's amazing to me you how... You and I have been on her podcast, like, probably seven times. Yeah, many times. It's just incredible to me how, 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 how well Republicans know how to take anger and mold it into whatever they want. Mm-hmm. You know, like, anger itself makes, like, clay out of a person's resolve. And Republicans just, it's like, it's like they're in that fucking scene in Ghost. They just fucking, they wrap their ghost arms around pissed off people and take their hands and mold whatever fucking image they tell them to. And angry people will, because they're angry. And the populace is like Whoopi Goldberg. They just say whatever Sam says. What the fuck is ditto? But she says it. And, it, and somehow it works, but she doesn't benefit from it. She's the conduit that the Republican message passes through is, is, is the working man that gets used to be just the, 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 the vote bearer, the message giver. I'm really, I really want that part of the analogy to work, and I think it does. Okay? <laughs> I can't. I believe it does. I can't figure it out, man. So that's the thing. You need to shove it through. And... um that's the uh, part of it that I never understood when good guys are timid. I know you don't want to keep your good guy moniker, but like I've said it before years ago on this podcast, when Obama refused to push health care through and he still had control of both houses of Congress. And he, they kept the Republicans had that talking point, don't shove it down our throats, don't shove it down our throats. And Obama's like, I'm not going to shove it down anybody's throats. We're going to wait until the next Congress comes in. And he, there's a cat. In my backyard. And then he luckily, better than the raccoon that was earlier, um, drinking out of my pool water. It's not good for them. I feel bad. But serves them right to trespassing. Um, and uh, what was I saying? Cat's like on the. Oh, he just jumped all the way. That's amazing. I think what the Republicans haven't learned, however, from the last oh, couple elections. Oh, and, 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 and they didn't shove it through. And by, by, by some miracle, Obama still got it through, his, his, his health care legislation. But, and it's the story that came out this week, too. It's interesting. It's going to become a bigger story because it, it will be because it is an interesting story. It's Ben Rhodes. Obama, you heard about that story, right? Obama's, um, one of his main communications directors of his 
of his administration that helped sell the public on the on the Iran nuclear deal in an interview was bra- admitting and bragging about the fact that they intentionally sold a false narrative, slightly false narrative, a slightly false timeline about the Iran deal to get it through and to get the public on its side. They pushed the idea that um, even Obama ended up corroborating it, that they started negotiating the deal only two years ago after Rouhani took over for Ahmadinejad as president because he was much more moderate and was seen as it would make the public feel like the deal was more positive towards the West and more sympathetic towards the West when in fact they'd actually already started with Ahmadinejad and were already had a framework for the deal. Well, yeah, don't fucking tell us that you did that. Right. That's, like, that's like bragging to your girlfriend about how good you are at cheating on her. But that's what I mean. <laughs> but that's what I mean about about um, the narrative when you're, it's for the side that you think is the good side. Is it okay to manipulate the narrative a little bit? But that's not as cut and dry of an issue because many people firmly believe that it was not a good deal. And so they were just taking their own partisan side of it and, and manipulating the facts because they wanted the nuclear deal. Time remains to be seen no, if it's a good deal or not. The Republicans' policy platform, as vocalized by what, McConnell, like five or six years ago, is everything that is the opposite of what Obama wants to do. That's the only thing they've been operating on this entire time, which right. is why they now have fucking Donald Trump right. as their and Republican at least nominee. O- Obama and his administration's MO is what they truly think is best for the future of the world and for the country. So that's yeah, the difference. We so it is for goodness. That's we're going to miss him when he's gone. You're going to miss me. The point again, we're though, gone. that we're talking about is that uh, I, I do I think, I do think Hillary's going to win because the Republicans don't seem to fucking understand that you can't win an election in today's America without the minority vote, let alone women. Yeah, but Megyn Kelly's about to give him a big boost with that. She's getting her own primetime Barbara Walters-esque interview show on Fox proper, on Fox Network, called Megyn Kelly Presents, and Trump is her first interview. And watch how America, like we said, has short memories and forgets how misogynist somebody is. If he's charming in that interview, they're going to start thinking, oh, he's great with women. Right, but watch Hillary's new campaign video that came out today. I think she understands this and is going to continue hammering away at using his words against him. She's not an idiot, and she's at the head of a machine that's been building for eight years, getting ready for this moment. And I think she's intentionally continuing to take something of a backseat. Or maybe maybe she's not, just because the media is so fucking in love with Trump because he's making them so much money ratings-wise. The amount of imbalance in the coverage is just insane. Uh, right. That having been said, once we get down to one versus one... Then there's going to be more of an equalizing in uh, campaign coverage because you know you got to campaign, right. you got to cover the Democrat, and you got to cover the Republican. Right. Um, it still won't be even unless Hillary starts tweeting goofy ass shit. Trump's tweets are so fucking goofy. Like I, I really wanted to ask on Facebook today, like to all my friends who support Donald Trump, I understand you want someone, you want a, you want an outsider to, to come shake up Washington, but really this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean Trump on Cinco de Mayo just last week. I love tweeted, Hispanics. A, tweeted a picture of himself eating a taco bowl at his desk, and it said the best taco bowls are at Trump Tower. Yeah, I love Hispanics. Did you, did you see that someone zoomed that was in? the afterthought after plugging Trump Tower taco bowls, probably made in China. <laughs> they zoomed in on one of the framed photos behind his desk, and it's his ex-wife. It's Marla Maples in a bikini. That's really that's, that's on his desk. No way. Yes, yeah, sort of guy. What? It's just ridiculous. That's crazy. Who oh, I danced behind once in a conga line at a bat mitzvah for my friend when I was thirteen, and Donald Trump gave a video message at that bat mitzvah. So sorry I couldn't be there at the wedding, Gina. Congratulations, and Marla Maples. I was dancing by and she looked unbelievable. I'd still have that picture up <laughs> with permission of my. Oh, you're, ba- you're barely literate immigrant third wife. Is it okay to put this picture on my desk? What did you say, Donald? I don't understand it. Great. Keepsies. It's just... Our need to be entertained is spilling over into a dangerous place with him. It really is. That's what Obama came out saying this week. He's like, it's no reality show. 
this is serious business running the world. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> America is not Celebrity Apprentice. Right. And if it ever attempted to be, it would be as disastrous as Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, b- I believe, look, let's, let's make sure Trump doesn't win. Let's give him a, a show. He should get a primetime, another show, whatever he wants. One hour, whatever he wants. He <laughs> yeah. can fire bikini clad. That's how. That's how they Muslims. <laughs> that's how they from get, the country. It's like Survivor. He, he kicks people off the island. He has Hispanics <laughs> and Muslims on an island, all trying to be the best business person and prove that they're here to be legally here legally. And he, he banishes them to China. Yeah. <laughs> Trump's amazing Survivor Island. I bet NBC really wishes they had. Uh... Kept Trump in his contract for a Celebrity Apprentice now, don't they? <laughs> my God. Oh, my. Um, it's unbelievable. The world is in quite a place. I love it so much. Um, I also love it. It's f- crazy. It's fucking crazy. Uh, give us some plugs, BMO. Um, we're about to just do one fun story for a very brief Thunder Round and end this pup. Um, but tell us how people can follow you, any shows you want to play, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my website, benmorrison.org, has all the pertinent information, videos, etc. Instagram, Ben the Morrison. Twitter, Ben the Morrison. Facebook, Ben Morrison Fans. Uh, oh, uh, I will be back at Morty's uh, June 9th to the 12th. Indianapolis, one of one of the other Ben here's favorite clubs as well as mine. It is a great club. Chris Bauer is the owner and very funny comedian. Awesome be back there dude. for a weekend, so check that out. Uh, and if you have Hulu, my series Warning Men Thinking, all the episodes are now available. Streaming on Hulu.com, Hulu Original, male comedians talking about women in relationships. So check that out, please. Yeah, for sure do that, for sure do that. Uh, for myself, Neurotic Gangster, my first ever one-hour stand-up comedy special debuting on Showtime on Friday, June 3rd at 10 p.m. Please tell everybody. Please set your DVRs. Please watch it. Um, tell Showtime you loved it and to air it more. I'm so excited to have this moment. They just launched the poster on Showtime.com cool. for my special. I'm really stoked about it. And I will be live coming to your city with my stand-up tours. I do every year, but this is your chance to see me this year. Vancouver this weekend at the Comedy Mix, the 12th through 14th of May. Then I will be in San Antonio coming up at the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club in St. Louis at the Funny Bone in Chicago at Zany's. My first time ever playing Zany's in Chicago. And then in Minneapolis at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy in the Mall of America. All coming up in the next few months. Go to BenGlebe.com, the brand new website. Click on See Me Live and figure out where you can see me live. Click on See Me on TV so you can figure out where you can see me on TV. I just told you where, though. Plus, of course, the idiot test every single Tuesday at 10 and 10.30. This Tuesday, you would have just missed it, but it was the cast of Undateable. We will be rerunning, and um, it's, the ratings were going great. People are very excited about it. Um, it's doing well. It's doing well. Uh, the only episode that apparently didn't get great ratings was the one where I played 70s game show host Gene Gleeburn, and the whole thing took place in the 70s. My favorite ever. Apparently, it was the only one that didn't get great ratings, and... <laughs> That's sad for me being able to do it in the future. But God, I hope. God, a boy, a young man can only hope. And on that note, we go for a super brief Twitter answers. I don't mean that. I'm sorry. No Twitter answers this week. That was a tease. I didn't mean it to be. I'm really, really sorry. Next week, Twitter answers. This week, the Thunder Round. And for our one Thunder Round story here, uh, sent to us almost as always by my dear, dear friend, the Chris Carter in Blackpool, London. I'm sorry, Blackpool, England. London is the capital. Is it the capital of England? Is London? Aye. Aye, that's not the right word. You do like a New Zealand thing there? Anyway, at UK Brain Trust, please follow at UK Brain Trust for the funny and weird stories that make this Thunder Round, and the ones that don't, because I don't have time for them, but they're all great, and Chris has great funny commentary. Follow at Last Week on Earth, where Bridget Woodbury, Abby Woodbury, every week tweets quotes from this podcast and adds funny subheadings and phrases to really put it in, in great context. 
Um, follow me at Ben Glebe on Twitter, Instagram, and of course Snapchat, where I am uh, very active. Very active. <laughs> I fucking love it. I'm addicted to Snapchat. Yeah, I know. I can't hang out with you without you snapping our fun. Can movies. I snap you saying that? No. Okay. I'll let you say no this once. I'm already recording you in a different medium. That's the only way I would agree to you saying no. Um, but please do that. And also, please let me know on Twitter what merch you guys would like. What kind of Glebe merch would you like? I'm about to launch some on the new BenGlebe.com. I just have a re- brand new reprint and new cover art for for BenGlebe Live at the Vortex, the album Margaret Cho produced that I recorded in Atlanta at the Laughing Skull. You can buy that pretty much very soon. And I think I'm going to make a Make America Glebe Again hat. It's a good idea. I'm thinking about a B. Gleber or I'm a B. Gleber shirt. Might be cool. Thinking about doing... Uh, Bieber's time has passed. But B. Gleber. Yeah, it's not His time has not passed. It's one of the greatest albums fucking ever right now that I'm addicted to. I'm addicted to it. Is the whole album good? The whole album is really good. All right, we'll check it yeah, out. Yeah, it's pretty fucking dope. I'm not going to so check it out. Please, I've become a, I've become a believer. And he's become a B. Gleber because he retweeted me. And it got the most retweets I've ever had. Like 25,000 retweets. And 42,000 likes. And I'm still have people two months later tweeting me about that tweet. Because his fans are rabid. And sometimes I wish my fans were a little bit more rabid just because it would help spread the word. And I think the word that we're trying to spread is important. And fun. Right? And don't you agree? I've had fun. That's sweet. That's really sweet. Um, you must be in a much better place in your head because you were so much more respectful, less offensive than you always are on this podcast. So I'm really <laughs> stunned. Trying to class up my whole life, dude. I really love that so much. <laughs> uh, the story brought to us by at UK Brain Trust. Boy awakes from coma, addicted to cheese and swearing. <laughs> he was screaming, fuck, bastard shit, and eating a whole wheel of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> a 15-year-old from Chesterfield is woken from a nine-day coma, swearing prolifically. <laughs> And eating a whole wheels of cheese. Where did he get the cheese? They're just rolling it in there, Where man. Where the fuck did he get the cheese? Doctors were forced to put Kai Thomas in a coma while he recovered from a brain bleed last year. I thought they said we were going to say while well, he recovered from eating so much cheese. <laughs> and he eventually regained the ability to move and speak. He was left with two bizarre side effects. He's addicted to cheese and can't stop swearing, says his mom, Tracy, to the Daily Mail. She first noticed his penchant <laughs> for dairy and profanity. When his speech started to come back. One day I was in the kitchen. I heard Kai yelling in his bedroom, she added. He was screaming, fuck, bastard, shit. I wonder what was going on. The expletives were coming thick and fast. Kind of like cheese going down your gullet. She headed upstairs and found her son chowing down on a wheel of cheese. She since noticed more of it going missing from the fridge. He always liked cheese. But now, he's obsessed with it. He even asked for it to be added to his cereal. So, there's that. Uh, Brought to you by America's Dairy Farmer. I love cheese. Yeah, I love cheese too. Swiss cheese, I could eat pounds of it. My favorite is, uh, I'd say either Havarti or Munster. Have you had Havarti? Do you, do it's you not know a what? party without Havarti. I've had some Havarti. I can't quite oh, pinpoint it in my head right now. It's really it's good. It's salty. I love it. It's so okay. good. I like cheddar. I like Swiss. <laughs> you like cheese? I like all kinds of cheese. Love cheese. So I understand this kid, and I like swearing too. Basically, this kid's just become us. He's become us, and you welcome to the club. Welcome to the brain trust. Should there be a brain trust hat or a, or a fucking something? That's the question. Tell me all. Well, these you things. could make like last hat on earth. Yeah, I thought about doing the last blank on earth things before last mouse pad on earth, last book on earth, last last t shirt on earth. Mm. Kind of fun. Yeah, it's not the a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Um, anyway, thank you all for being here. Um, Alexa, you've let me down. Ben Morrison, you haven't. <laughs> um, but luckily, when Alexa let you down... Sorry, I didn't understand the question I heard. It wasn't a question. I said, you've let me down, Alexa. Alexa, you've let me down. I wasn't able to understand the question I heard. Alexa, volume six. Alexa, you've let me down. Alexa? You have let me down. Sorry, I didn't understand the question I heard. Alexa, what time is it? The time is one twenty-six. Alexa, what's your favorite food? I don't eat or drink. Alexa, do you like cheese? I don't have an opinion on that. Alexa, tell me a joke. 
Excuse me, waiter. This coffee tastes like mud. Yes, sir. It's fresh ground. Ooh, <laughs> that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. Production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.